now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. My name is Tristan Miller, the saucy sleuth. I'm Melissa Maley, the spy. I'm Tyler Riley, cop and a half. Here we go. Um, we're joined today by Tyler via Skype. So if it's weird, that's... I'm going to blame it entirely on Microsoft. <laughs> Um, probably. It's probably Microsoft's fault. Also, it feels like we're in a cave. Yeah, because there's some echoing going on. Hopefully not on your end. Hopefully it's just for us. Yes. But but the listener <laughs> will not have the echo. Yes. Okay. Unless you want it, and then you can like download it, put settings to your garage, bend do whatever you need to do <laughs> to finish. Um, or just go to a cave and live your life. Yeah. Something I wish I could do every day. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audio book with a 30-day trial membership. Go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod and browse the unmatched selections of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod. The recommendation, I'm, I have two recommendations for audiobooks. Number one, um, Poirot investigates because that's what this uh, story is from. Uh, it's very good. It's read by David Suchet rather than Who Fraser. Who Fraser? <laughs> Who Fraser? You Fraser, sir. Um, if sir, you sir. Um, anyway. And then the other one is Medallion Status by John Hodgman. I just finished it. It's very good. If you liked his previous work, uh, Vacation Land, uh, you'll like this one. If you liked his book of fake facts, it is nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, I have been meaning to listen to that because I've been listening to a couple of uh, episodes of Judge John Hodgman. A very fine podcast. And he definitely uh, has been pushing it. Yep. He, he definitely has. He's been he's been really ramping it up. I mean, as well he should. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about the mystery of the cheap flat? The case of the meat? The, the cheap- case. I believe it's the case. Case of the Cheap Flat. Case of the Cheap Flat. Something I wish I could have in life. Well, yeah, I mean... Parts of it. We'll get into it. Yeah, parts of it. We did read this short story. Yeah. And I remember... Again, speak for yourselves. (laughs) Yes. We as in me and Tristan. So. (laughs) Nah, Tyler. This is such a fun energy today. Yeah, I... (laughs) have a lot of chaos going on on my end. So. Got that sassy energy. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, I didn't remember most of it as per usual. Mm-hmm. So it was like a whole new world of of a case. Yes. Uh, yeah, I remembered that they had a very cheap apartment flat and I was jealous. That was all I remembered. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so this particular episode of Poirot opens with them at a movie theater. And it is great. It's very... It's a very, like, shoot 'em up mob mobster movie, I guess. Oh, yeah. I don't know what movie it's supposed to be. It's very similar to Home Alone. Okay. You know, Merry Christmas, Jesus. you... Yeah. Dirty animal. 
we start out in this movie theater. It's a mobster movie, and uh, Jap and Hastings are with Poirot at the movie theater because it's so cute. Of course, they do this. This is how they live their lives now. And Poirot is making the best faces I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like it. He thinks it's way too graphic. And, yeah, oh, too violent. It's very like you know, oh those Americans. Yeah, shooting them up. All the time. It's and he's not very wrong. uncivilized. Yeah, he's not wrong about that. No. No, that's for sure. Um, and then they go to a party of their friend, some mm. guy. Some guy <laughs> is his name. Yep. And they meet this couple called the Robinsons. Mm-hmm. And they have just rented a very inexpensive apartment. Mm-hmm. A cheap flat, some might say. Um. <laughs> Actually, first we meet them when they're going into... Yeah. Uh, going into the flat, and then they meet someone on the elevator and going, uh, don't bother, they've rented it out already. And they're like, okay, well, we're still going to take a look. Maybe yeah. they didn't like her. And then yeah. they get the flat, so everything's copacetic and good. Yeah, there's a woman at the door, and she invites... She says, what's your name? Mm-hmm. And they say, Robinson. And she's like, oh, yes, come on in. Mm-hmm. Great. Sounds great. Okay. So... Cool, cool. They have this cheap plot. They tell Poirot and Everybody Hastings about, about it. it. Everybody. Like, suck it, fools. I mean, and fair enough. <laughs> yeah. If I had a really inexpensive apartment in that was really nice in a nice area, mm-hmm. I might do that a little bit, too. Oh, I would. I would yeah. invite everybody over. Yeah, yeah. Like, look, look at it. By the way, got it for a steal. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they go to this flat and then they they visit. Oh, on the way out of the movie theater. This is a little disjointed. But oh, sure. It's fine. Out of the way of the movie theater. The Jap is like, there's this guy from the FBI. Oh, coming yeah. To work on a case here in the United Kingdom with me. And then so after the party, uh, Hastings and Poirot are so curious. They go and visit Jap. But yeah, so they, they go visit this FBI agent, and he's mean to Poirot because he's like, oh, you can't, you're a private detective. That doesn't mean diddly squat. They're talking about him like he's not even, he's talking about him like he's not even in the room. Yeah, it was quite it's rude. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, come on, Jap, you can't be uh-huh. hiring a private detective. They don't know anything. And Poirot's standing there. He's like, mm, really? We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> But, uh, yes, Poirot is very curious about the the flat yes. that has been rented to the Robinsons. Before we move on to the flat, uh, we are told about um, why this FBI person is in town. There's, like, this international debacle, for lack of a better term. Yes. Uh, where yeah. blueprints for an Italian... Submarine? Weapon? Submarine, yes. Submarine. Oh, yeah, okay. uh, Has been stolen. Yes. So that's being investigated. By this lady, Carla Marie something or... No, something Marie Carla. I forget her last name. It's very Italian. It begins with a D. Uh, Carla Marie was a coming to go. I thought it was with an R, but whatever. Oh, no, you're right. Carla Romero. Romero. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cesar Romero's younger sibling. 
<laughs> Something like that. Yeah. You'll never catch me, the Batman. So, uh, yes, they're trying to figure out where this lady has gotten to with these sub-plans. So. <laughs> onto the subplot. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Um, so, they're trying to figure out that, and then Poirot is like, what is going on with this cheap flat? Yeah, and Hastings is like, well, I think they just probably misread their contract. Like, this is really not a big deal. Oh, my goodness. Um, What do you even care about this for, Poirot? That is how Hastings says it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, oh, gosh, what is the sequence of things? He rents a flat across the next to the cheap flat. And Hastings is like, why do this? You're going to be out so much money. And he's like, it's going to be worth it. <laughs> yes. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Scoping everything out. And as they're exiting, they see this guy who's been scoping out the uh, the Robinson's apartment. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that Great Value J.K. Simmons? Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was, I was yes. thinking it also. He, he had a big mustache. And a trench coat and a big hat and mm-hmm. looked like... And was looking for pictures of Spider-Man. It was... <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. Like, it was very... The crossover of the century. Yeah. So, very uh, sketchy character. Um, Large so... trench coat, too. Like, being so conspicuous. No. <laughs> admittedly, in London during this time. Like, he has a fedora and a trench coat. He looks like a tracer bullet from Calvin and Hobbes. It's so silly. It's very silly. <sighs> it makes me so upset. That, like... I just feel like, as a black person in today's world, I can't get away with that look. <laughs> this, or Why maybe just all of the suspicion, being black, in a trench mm. coat, and... A hat, maybe just hitting the trifecta is enough to just go unnoticed, perhaps. Yeah, it, but I don't it want to find out. Side. <laughs> that sounds fair. Whereas I would say, I, a white mentally ill person, uh, the minute I even put a fedora on my head, people are very concerned that I might have a gun. That is also solid. Gosh. And unfortunate. Okay. Uh, so they got this apartment. They get this apartment. Which is wildly expensive, right next to this other one. Yes. and Well, it's on the 10th floor, right? Something like that. As opposed to the 6th floor. Right. They're on 6th. Okay. The yeah, Robinsons yeah. are on 6th. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Who's yes. on 1st? Okay. What's on? No. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> also, sorry. This is like a related tangent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Poirot uh, and Hastings are being shown like the flat before they make the purchase mm-hmm. and they inquire as to this small door in the kitchen yes. and what that is Yes, and it's for waste bins everyone yeah. just like puts their waste bins out into like this door the size of a crawl space and there are like stairs like in this kind of wraparound staircase yeah for people to like have collected right mm-hmm. why don't all buildings do this it's such a good idea yeah it is a really good idea yeah i think i think i may have seen it in some of the more 
affluent buildings in New York City. Well, not exactly the same, but, like, there's a regular-sized door mm-hmm. that you can put. Yeah, in the hall. And then yeah. Just, or, or the place I would, in my dormitories, they had just, like, a garbage chute. Yeah, garbage chute, like, of course. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fully. Um, yeah. But the, I would imagine the main thing is, like, you'd have to employ someone to come by and, like... You don't want to make your super do that. I think that'd be very... Well, I mean, it might be the super's job. Oh, it's my super's job to get all the... I mean, we take it outside because I live in a... You know, that's the kind of building I live in. But... Um, Same. But the super... We have to live in filth. What what no one has told you is uh, it's required by contract in my my home to to be fully immersed in garbage at all time. You see, so for you to even be able to take your garbage out to the curb is a privilege. Oh, I see. So you know? you're contractually obligated to just live with your garbage around you. Yes, live in filth. Okay. As penance. <laughs> I'm not going to get into no. it. No. <laughs> Okay, so when they get out of the building, they see Jap and, uh, like, all of his people and the FBI agent guy. Yeah, Yeah. packed into this very conspicuous car. Yes, extremely worst stakeout ever. It's like the, the, the guy that was staking out the apartment... And the car, both, like, the company is the same. <laughs> yeah. And what is it? They they say that they think they've figured out that she's a... Well, she's a nightclub singer. The woman who had stolen the plans. Yeet. Yes. Yeah. Carla Romero. Carla Romero. So, th- did they find out her pseudonym at that point? And not yet. Not yet? Okay. Because I'm trying to figure out... When we have Miss Lemon getting involved in this, uh, much later. Um, it, but yeah. they've oh. staked out. I believe. I believe they've staked out the apartment, and are waiting for her to show up. And oh, okay. Poirot is like, "What if she just doesn't?" And they're like, "Well, hmm, we hadn't thought of that." <laughs> <laughs> and the FBI agent gets very annoyed because <laughs> he's like, "Oh, you got me." <laughs> okay. Yes, that's right. That's right. And then. Uh, they, they've, I don't know how Poirot figures out that she's a nightclub singer. Exactly. Someone, yeah. Maybe it's in her dossier. And so he goes and he makes inquiries to all the nightclubs. Yes. Clubs in town, and they all don't. Except for one who will not return his call. No, no one, he doesn't answer his phone. Yeah. At at all. all. Yeah. There's, and clearly there's no answering machine. (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, is this the point where, or is it, yes. So Poirot goes and visits this one kitty clap looking themed nightclub and... Yes, there's a neon cat sign. Yeah, which is my favorite. So, (laughs) (laughs) insert joke. (laughs) Remember to do that later. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get it in post. Yeah. We'll make this funny. Somehow. <laughs> um, but uh, he goes and investigates. He confirms that she's there. Um, but there's only so much information he can get because she's like, you seem like a weirdo. Well, oh, yeah, he's there. And <laughs> he meets the guy who owns the club. The weirdest man. Weirdest man. And he... I wonder if the directing note was like, we need you to play it like um, a pervert. 
<laughs> like everything is just making you super horny. Except for it's like Except for his phones. direction was if like someone was describing Tim Curry to an alien, and they were like, <laughs> "Play that." That's exactly That's right. What this performance was. Yep, Tyler got it. That's exactly right. Um. <laughs> I work so hard to con- carefully construct jokes, and then Tyler comes in. Just bag a thousand. That's right. This episode. Mm-hmm. But as I mean, this is what always happens. <laughs> but uh, we we see Poirot like the phone is ringing. The phone is ringing and ringing and ringing. And it's under. And the pillow. guy's like, "Well, I don't know what to do about this." And and Poirot's like, "The phone's under the pillow." And he's like, right there <laughs> on the desk. It's so conspicuous. <laughs> and he's like, it's I not don't... even very well hidden under the pillow. Yeah, oh and he gives gosh. some malarkey excuse of like, you know, there's all these scams these days via the phone. So he'll like pick it up to make it stop ringing and then drop it right back down on the receiver. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Do we ever find out exactly why? Like, is it like bill collectors or Probably. something? Probably. Probably. Yeah, he's trying to avoid the law, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because it's. Like, he's running um, sex workers out of this place. Oh. And oh. and that's not legal. <laughs> right. So Which is a shame. Yeah. Justice for sex workers. Yes. Hashtag justice for sex workers. But for real. Um, for real, yeah. For real. Uh, so then the next thing that happens is... I just, I always remember everything that happens, but not the sequence of it. Yeah. Oh, um, we <laughs> find out that, well, he inquires to Weird Creepy Dude, oh, um, do you have any Americans working at... Oh, yeah. Oh, I see you have a new act. He's like, oh, no, we have a Canadian. And then right. goes, like, on this weird tirade, and Paro's like, something's up here. And yeah. he's obviously not going to tell me. Yes. So then... We get Miss <laughs> Lemon sneaking in. Oh my goodness! And she has clearly been waiting forever to do this. Yeah, yeah. And it's she so has. good. She's like, "Put me in, Coach. I've got this." Mm-hmm. And she gets all decked out with very cool hat, and waltzes in and says that she is from a ladies' magazine, and she wants to interview. Um, their new singer. Yeah. And Mr. Creepy Pervert Guy leers at Miss Lemon. Please, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Creepy Pervert Guy's my father. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Dave. Oh, God. What was that, Tyler? I said he looked at her like he was ready to risk it all. It's true. Oh, yeah, truly. Which yeah. is, boy. <laughs> boy, howdy. <laughs> yes, indeed. So and she almost looked like she was like entertaining it for like a half second. <laughs> yeah, but I think she was just very in her character. Like she was in, she was committing to the bit, um, <laughs> in the common parlance. <laughs> and she goes into the dressing room, and this woman is there, and, and this man, and this man, which is important because they established that. Uh, Carla is like wandering around with an accomplice. Right. So 
who do, the, this man does not say anything during the course of the episode, which is like perfect acting. Oh yeah, that's true. He doesn't, does he? He doesn't. I think he might have one line. Yeah. Perfect acting job. Yeah. He gets to see the face. Wait. He gets to make his eyebrow go up at one point, and he doesn't say anything. He just stands in the background and smokes. Ideal. Ideal life. Yeah. No, no. words. What are we just talking? cigarettes. The Can't husband. lose. Okay. Can lose. Thank you. Definitely will lose. Yeah, the husband. Uh, he does say he does say something mm. in in the flashback sequence. No. We'll get into it. Um, <laughs> the best thing ever. Um, but yes, no, he does say something like slowly, slowly. But that's yeah. really all he says ever. Um, but yeah, he is there, and Miss um, Lemon's back is to him, and you can see as Miss Lemon tries to talk to this woman she, uh, the woman is looking back to mm-hmm. the man and he kind of gestures like go ahead you're fine yeah. um, and so she does chat with Miss Lemon um, and <laughs> she gets something out of her but I don't remember what it was because I was just so enthralled by uh, Miss Lemon's acting work. <laughs> so um, she goes back to Poirot and she's like, there's a magazine on her desk, which is a publication you can only get in America. Oh, yeah. That's can right. only mm-hmm. be attained in America. That's how she says it, too. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so she's a confirmed American, this fake Canadian, which I understand when I went to the UK, everyone assumed I was Canadian. And I was like, um, yes. Yeah, I mean. Well, you are time, like Midwestern. You give off Midwestern vibes, which yeah. I associate with Canadians. Yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Minnesota is right on the border, so. Yeah. Um. So they've confirmed that it's this lady, and it's the yeah. This is this woman at the nightclub is Carla, which yeah. in case you didn't get that from our fairy. Um, because you know we were being really, really uh, secretive about about that association. Subtle with an emphasis on the B. Yeah, yeah. Always got to emphasize that that silent B. (laughs) Um, yes. So back to the apartment. (laughs) Back to the apartment. Yes. Okay. Great. So (laughs) Poirot sends in Hastings to go chat with the Robinsons while they are home. Yeah. So that Poirot can go do something shady in there. Hastings is both so good and so bad at lying yes. at the same time. It is <laughs> the cognitive dissonance within this scene is incredible. Like he's very good at adding on to the lie he said, but the lie he said is bad. It, it, oh, yeah. It's yeah. a completely, completely wild He's thing. like, uh, what kind of uh, brush should I use? Uh, to, to emphasize my floors, you clearly know how to paint a home. And they're yeah. like, we just moved in. We don't know, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, it's so bizarre. And he, he just completely, he just keeps going and keeps going and commits to it while still flattering them. Mm-hmm. Very engaging. I mean, I would be totally enraptured by this. Uh, Poirot is sneaking through that little door. Yeah, that dustbin door. Dustbin door, little egg man, here we go. He's changing the lock to make it easier for it to open. Yeah. Um, from He's making it side. very easy to break into their yeah. <laughs> apartment. But he does drop a tool, and then they all hear that, and they're like, ah, and then... 
Hastings, Hastings like, I'll investigate it. I'm a private investigator. This is my purview. Yeah, and which he's also that he does it very smoothly, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was very impressed. Like, yeah, oh, sure, sure. Um, hang on, just a second. Just gonna be the hero like usual. Um, <laughs> and then he goes to the door. The door is open, and they're like, oh, "Why is the door open?" He's like, "Oh, I think the wind. The wind blew it open. Weird, huh? But Weird. Then, like, did you not hear the giant gust of wind?" Right. But then he says, oh, you really ought to be careful and latch this. You never mm-hmm. know who might be lurking about and latches Ooh. the door. And can I just say that even without Poirot's tampering, this little door is the easiest thing I've ever seen to break into. Yeah, one switch. I could kick. break into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's the worst little latch anyway. Uh, so, yeah. The worst little latch sounds like a children's book. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. <laughs> about it's about learning to love friends yeah that are bad on the t-shirt it'll have a little latch with a face yeah <laughs> a single tear <laughs> or it's a metaphor it's not a metaphor it's like about uh single parents <laughs> yeah oh, oh no. leaving their kids alone to watch television while they are at work Oh, it's about the eighties. It's, 80s. it's um, sad. It's sad. I don't know what to tell you. It, it's the saddest children's book. Exactly, the saddest little latch. Um, <laughs> but so he does that, and then it's nighttime. It's nighttime now, which often follows day. Wow, I, I've always thought it <laughs> day follows night. Tyler, what have you thought? Vis-a-vis day versus night. <laughs> Well, I always thought the difference was night and day. Uh, uh, yep. Not right. That's you are the one. It's uh, resolved. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's nighttime now. Uh, the Robinsons are like, shh, 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 asleep in their beds. Um, and <laughs> All nestled. All nestled. On her up. kerchief, eye on my cap. Um, and then the, the slinky weirdo that's been scoping out the place has been like he's creeping in to break in and Hastings and Poirot are aware of this so they also go in through the the dust the dust pan door yeah <laughs> um, um oh but before this we're at so it's not nighttime <laughs> wait well just quick flashback to Hastings getting a gun and putting bu- gigantic bullets in it very intimidating giant bullets um and then they go do this okay um, so he's sneaking in, and so Hastings has a revolver, and they they go through the dust door, the dusty door, um, and then they're waiting in the hall for this slinky weirdo to come in through the main door, and Hastings hides behind the door, and Poirot gives Poirot his gun, and then there is uh, the uh, the guy, the assassin, yeah, has a knife, and he's he's brought a knife to a a gun thing and uh he comes to the door and hasting tackles and there's a beef scuffle then he gets away he gets away but they do break a piece and of he gets the gun. the gun the gun yes very important and they break a table and so the robinson with apples on it with apples on it or pomegranates whichever yeah pomegranates and then um mr robinson comes out with a golf club yeah it's very good like in his pajamas it's very good. And then there's no one there. And he's like, ah, yeah. all right. And then 
uh, Hastings and Poirot run after the slinky weirdo, and the slinky weirdo's hiding behind a tree, and Poirot says very loudly, well, he got away, so now we have to go find, go to the nightclub where Carla is at, and then they run, and they go there. So they go to the nightclub with the FBI agent and Jap, and the FBI agent's like, I don't know about this, and then they, he sees Carla, and he's like, oh, you were right, no yeah. beans. And he pulls out a gun and is, like, fully prepared to just shoot her, which is wild. And Jap is like, you can't have a gun? Yeah. What is wrong with you? And he's like, I'm American. This is how we do it. Um, I mean. Not wrong. Nope. And throughout this whole thing, which is very funny, um, they both keep, the Poirot and Jap keep mentioning that Carla's linked to the mafia. And he's like, there is no mafia. No such thing as the mafia. Which There's is, no I forgot that, that was a take oh at gosh. any point where yeah. we're all like, no, there, there was absolutely organized crime. Um, but... Anyway, um, so they go and they wait quite wonderfully, wait for her to finish her act. <laughs> quite polite. Yeah. And then they go into oh, the dressing room. Good. And yeah. she's like, what are you guys, fans? And they're like, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> in a way. In a way. In a way. <laughs> and they get her to confess because of reasons. And so this is when she, during the confession, is the best part of the, the whole episode. The flashback! So the reason this is the best part of the entire episode is because it is done on the most obvious cardboard soundstage-y set meant to be New York City I have ever seen. Which I understand why, because they don't have the budget to fly to New York. Oh no, but it's the fakiest fake fake, and (laughs) I could not be more into it. I think the night the nightclub sign outside the nightclub that she's performing in in New York in the flashback says nightclub. <laughs> oh. Well, it is nighttime, you see. <laughs> I love it so much. It's so ridiculous and terrible. So we see her singing. We get the narration that what had happened is... Um, she had pulled this off by seducing this man named Luigi and had him wrapped around her little finger. She got the plans and then with her husband hiding out in the alleyway, she lures Luigi out into the alleyway and he starts walking towards the husband and the husband, this is when he actually speaks and says, all right, easy now or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he turns around, looks at uh, Carla, who shoots him a million times to death. <laughs> yes. Which is when yeah. they clearly, you know. They fun. got the plans, then they scuttled off to the United Kingdom. Exactly. And so she confesses all of this, and then the assassin has followed them to the nightclub. Yeah. And confronts them in the hallway. Yes. And he has the gun. He has the gun. And he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna kill you if you try anything funny. And Poirot just keeps on stepping. Yep. And he's like, ah. And he tries to shoot the gun and it's empty. And then Poirot, doing the most dope thing in the world, <laughs> just holds out all of the bullets. And he's like, mmm. It's one of those things where it's shot the way it's shot it's like a hero shot of Poirot's hand 
unfurling slowly to reveal these giant bullets. Yeah. It's great. So they're all talking in the lobby after the show. And the FBI agent is like, well, you you sure showed me. Um, We're going to pay you for this. And he's like, great. And Chap is like, why did you do all that nonsense with the gun? And he's like, well, we just saw that movie. And I saw how excited you guys got about the dramatics. So how could I resist? (laughs) My boy loves attention. He loves making a scene. He truly does. Um, so the reason that this whole thing had happened is because Mrs. Robin, so Robinson was the pseudonym that, um, Carla Romero Romero had been using Mm -hmm. to rent this apartment. Mm -hmm. So she waited for people with the same name to apply for the apartment. So they would get murdered instead of her. Yeah. That's yeah, it. That's it. That's the whole bit. So, uh, lesson <laughs> is don't trust uh, cheap apartments. That is, that's really They're all true. scams for murder. <laughs> what do y'all think? I think. We did not take a break. That's okay. You'll find a spot. <laughs> I have faith in you. Yeah. Um,. Should we take a break now, then, before we get into our review, or no? Sure, yeah, we can do that. Okay, here's the spot. Hey, everybody. It's me, Tristan. But you figured that out from context, didn't you? Because you're smart and maybe kind. Probably, at least to some people. And that's better than no people. Uh, talking about sponsors and stuff today. Um, you can, of course, go to audibletrial.com slash ATCpod. Get that free audiobook on us. Um, please rate, review, subscribe, all that, you know, normal content creator stuff. Um, we also have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Tristan J. Miller to get early access and exclusive episodes and other content from not only this podcast, but the other two that I host and produce. Positive and Negative, which is about mental health and the arts, and then An Amazing Podcast, which is about anime. We're also on the Scavengers Network. You can go to scavengersnetwork.com to check out a bunch of great content there, including myth takes, spooky spouses, and historical hotties. Both Melissa and I have been on historical hotties, and they gotta get Tyler on there soon, too. You know, follow us on Twitter for some great Poirot content. I don't know, man. Just, you know, live your life. Don't be mean. Chill. You know. It's okay to drink a soda every once in a while. Just have a salad after. Find balance. Let's let's get back to the episode, huh? <laughs> and we're back. That was so fast. So fast. What a good ad break. Nice job, Tristan. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this episode was an episode of Poro the TV Show. <laughs> no, I, I I actually enjoyed it. Um, I ended up watching it one and three quarter times. Oh, because I couldn't distinguish the faces between Miss uh, the Robinsons and mm. 
they look completely different. I don't know yeah. what was happening. I just was like, there's a lady and there's another lady. Are they the same lady? Listen, I, I <laughs> as a white man, <laughs> you all look the same. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Carla has dark hair. Yeah. Uh, Miss Mrs. Robinson, whose real name is Mrs. Robinson, has lighter hair. So I don't know what, what I was what I was dealing. I with. don't see faces. <laughs> I don't see faces either. It's very hard. Um, yes. So I liked it. Fine. Mm. It was enjoyable. The backstage parking lot sequence cardboard with the flashback there we go that's the word the flashback sequence is gold um with how absolutely awful the, the set was it's so good um yeah three and a half three and a half okay. better than average some good moments maybe four depending tyler. on how i feel at the time <laughs> uh tyler uh, I'm going to start off with my rating. I'm going to give it a three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seemed like just like a very average episode mm-hmm. all in all for me as far as like the performances. The story was a bit too convoluted for me, mm-hmm. but I still enjoyed it. Um, the extra half, um, half a stash, because uh, I was going to give it 2.5, but the flashback sequence really mm-hmm. sold me. Yeah. Because I think it was very deep. You know, these cheap sets, an undistinguishable nightclub. Really, the director really uh, leaned into how we remember things, I feel. We don't always get the details correct. That's right. Mm. That's right. It was Mm. happening in their minds. Yeah. (laughs) I'd give it a three also. It was a perfectly adequate episode. Had some fun. Enjoyed uh, Jap being annoyed by the FBI agent. I thought that was fun. That was great. Oh, also the FBI agent at one point uses American football metaphors. Yes, it's very funny. It's hysterical. That's the best part. Mm -hmm. Other than the flashback. Um, And Miss Lemon's brilliant performance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the three things that I'm digging out of this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll give it three and a quarter. Yeah, yeah. Three and a quarter? Poirot's face yeah. is at the movie in the beginning. Very <laughs> so good. gold. But David Suchet is always good. And so is Hugh Fraser. Yeah, he's very good in this episode. Yeah. The, the main cast is really coming into their own, I think. They are, yeah. They know, they know who they are. <laughs> you know who you are. Um, and yes, we have said some words. <laughs> and We're almost done with the season, too. There's only three oh, more episodes. Hey. hey, how about that? So... What are you, what are you going to do? <laughs> we're, there's so much more of it to watch, though. We're not going to run out. We're clipping along. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I want to thank you for listening. And I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to a close. Trumpet sounds. Trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs>